Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tonight for joining us on episode 31, season three of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Evening, Richie. Uh, well, we're down to two teams now. And um, after two decent matches, I thought, on the weekend, um, what did you think of the games and how was your weekend? Weekend was very good. Hope yours was as well. The games, yeah, I enjoyed the games, mate. And yeah, I called it. Battle of the West. Yep, you, you did. Um, another week, you got two from two, so congrats. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so while we're here live on Wednesdays at 8pm, you can also catch our show via um, our podcast on iHeartRadio at your convenience. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week, a review of the preliminary finals and our picks. We'll then stop and answer some questions from you guys as well as some questions we've got for each other. We'll then preview the grand final and make our tips before ending the night with a recap of Super League. So remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show and we'll do our best to get to them. And we may as well just jump straight into the top stories of the week. Um, First one. Hey, Jacko, good to see you here. Um, First one is kind of just breaking news. It just popped up in my little feed. But um, Haynes Perham, who was with the Eels, um, has officially signed with the Bulldogs for next year. So um, hadn't planned on announcing that, but it just popped up. So may as well bring it up now. What's your thoughts, Richie? Obviously, former Warrior that left to um, try to get an opportunity hasn't come at the Eels. Do you see him getting a shot at the, the Bulldogs or getting some game time? It's looking a bit tough there too when you look at their outside backs. Um, obviously, Josh Adokar and and um, and the likes, and, and they've even got young blokes coming through Carraz. So, no, I hope he gets an opportunity and and takes it with both hands because he was up and coming here at the Warriors. So, I always have a soft spot for um, for those blokes. Yeah. Definitely, and um, the first proper news I had um, came out today, the Vodafone um, news. So Vodafone announced a new name, um, which means that from November, 
the official name for the Warriors is now the One New Zealand Warriors. Uh, we talked a little bit before we went on here, but what's your thoughts on the the new uh, license name? Yeah, it's just a name, isn't it? It's it kind of caught me blindsided. I didn't know this this news was on the horizon. So, um, yeah. From an aesthetic point of view, I, I've always quite liked the little red Vodafone on the Warriors jersey, so uh, we'll have to say goodbye to that. But um, yeah, for most like like you and I were talking about before coming on, most most pundits and league experts over the ditch just call us the New Zealand Warriors anyway. So um, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. think that's. I think we're gonna we'll probably see one on the jerseys. Of course, I'm gonna see Simon's here. Evening, Simon. Um, nice. But, yeah, I think you'll just be reverted to New Zealand Warriors again. And, yeah, it'll be interesting. Like I said to you before we went on here, the new logo basically looks like a little green Wi-Fi symbol um, to be a bit different. But, yeah, I'm not sure. I think I put a post on Facebook. I, I'm not really that great with change at the best times. <laughs> so uh, I'm not sure. But it's some something we will get used to, I guess. And um, I'm a fan of the color green, so a little bit more green on the jersey. Um isn't going to throw me off um but yeah we'll we'll see what actually happens um with that scenario but maybe the conspiracies um about the warriors never winning a premiership with vodafone in their name can go away now <laughs> yeah hopefully but um next bit of news we had um graham Ellensley had a as a busy busy week he admitted there were several mistakes from the officials and the bunker in the preliminary finals. First was the Mitch Moses forward pass that was missed. Um, he also said, yeah, the bunker disallowed two Panthers tries that should have been given. The first was the Jerome Luai try where they said there was obstruction. And the second was um, Stephen Crichton um, got his fingers to the ball before Richard Kenner and the bunker said he had no downward pressure. And Alizzi said, you don't need downward pressure when the ball's on the ground. Um, so what's your take on those um one of them didn't affect the result but i could feel a lot of cowboy mm -hmm. fans might say that that forward pass cost them i personally don't think they did it happened early enough in the game but um they did you know lose by a try so yeah um, it happened right at the start of the game and yeah there were doubts over one of their tries as well where um mitch moses looked to be sort of pushed or pulled out of the way uh, at the ruck leading up to their one of their tries. Um, yeah, when it happens that early in the game, the Cowboys still had their fate in their own hands and, and they had a lead heading into the last 20 minutes and um, it's kind of on them for blowing that. Other than that, the, um, yeah, I think what Al Graham Annesley's come out with, uh, with those calls, I think they were all, they were all pretty much, you could see that they were incorrect calls, so. It's nothing, yeah. nothing to be, nothing unexpected, his announcement. Yeah, I think all three calls um, were incorrect, so it's good to see they admit it. I, not having a horse in the race, I'm not as affected. If I, yeah. if it was, like, the Warriors and the Cowboys situation, I don't know what we'd be doing on this show <laughs> right now if that had happened. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's disappointing to see those things happen. But, yeah, I think... The Cowboys had more than enough opportunities to win that game. Obviously, we'll discuss it in a bit. But um, before we move on, Simon, yeah, I forgot to add this part. He said, um, from his understanding, Vodafone don't want to currently 
paid a license to have the name Vodafone from a separate company. Um, yeah, I believe they reckon it's going to be a saving of between 20 and 30 million a year by changing the name. So from a business standpoint, it makes sense. Um, yeah, I've seen a lot of people comment that the name um, One New Zealand sounds like a, a political party, um, which, yeah, it's a bit weird. But um, I think you go back, you look at Shell when they changed the Z and things, there was a lot of people confused about the name. It will just become a name we're used to eventually, I guess. But um, mm-hmm. we'll move on. The next bit of news is a bit heartbreaking. Um, I still had a little bit of hope, but um, Joseph Tuppany has extended his stay with the Raiders until the end of 2027. I know Simon um, will be very happy about that. I secretly was hoping that we could somehow lure him to New Zealand to play for the Warriors and, um, you know, offer him, you know, an island or something. But he's done, we did speak about it last week, said that unless he came to the Warriors, we'd really want to see him stay with the Raiders. It's good to see he's extending his stay. Um, what's your thought on the news? It's a it's a big deal. It's a, a five-year contract. Those are sometimes risky, but um, yeah, I think he's got all the qualities to be worth it. Yeah, I think so. I think it's. A, I'm I'm happy that he stayed with the Raiders. The the part of me that still believes in fairy tales that wanted him to come to NZ is obviously disappointed. But I, I think it's great that he stayed with the Raiders. I think he's really good for the Raiders club, and I don't think he's the type of player that that won't provide value for that long long contract. Um, He's the kind of player that's going to put in and, and I think be give you an 8 out of 10 performance at least every week. So, um, yeah, great for the Raiders. Yeah, and um, I haven't seen any talk about the money, but it doesn't sound like he's he's taken them um, for everything they're worth. It sounds like it's um, he's still going to be very fairly compensated, but it's not like he was trying to get a million dollars a year or anything of that nature. Um, Mm. He's not a David Fafita. So um, (laughs) yeah, good news for, um, for the Raiders. I think it was the perfect little, I think cherry on top after unfortunately getting knocked out of the finals to kind of say, Hey guys, sorry, we, we didn't make it to the grand final like we wanted, but look at this news. We've got one of our best players staying, staying around. So kind of just sweetens um, what was a, a disappointing week for the Raiders fans. Mm. Next bit of news, we'll keep going with the um, the signings. So Corey Oates has signed a one-year extension at the Broncos, and uh, Murray Talangi has re-signed with the Cowboys until the end of 2026. Um, what's your thoughts on those? I think um, Corey Oates, I thought, has played pretty well for the Broncos this year, so I think it's good to see him extend his stay and um Murray Talangi um has showed a lot of potential this year and it's good to see that he's staying at the club that's given him the opportunity as opposed to you know just jumping at the first sign of um someone else wanting to take you after you've done some hard yards with a team yeah yeah I agree completely I, I thought Oates had probably his best year in a, at least a couple of years with the Broncos so that form's probably sealed his extension. And Taolangi, yeah, great prospect. Origin debut this year. Looks to have great chemistry with, with the with the Cowboys players. So makes a lot of sense. Definitely. 
And hold on, we just and um yeah, Jacko's just put on there that he's um highest paid prop of the comp now, just over eight hundred k. Yeah, see, I think that's more than fine, and I think he's one of the best front rowers in the comp right now. So I think that's more than fair. Um, Corey Thompson though from the Titans has announced his retirement. Um, bit of a surprise. I, I thought he might have another year or two in him, but he played one hundred and twenty two. NRL matches with the Bulldogs, Tigers, and Titans, as well as 58 matches in the Super League um, for the uh, for the Vikings. What's your thoughts on Corey Thompson's career? Never anything, um, you know, amazing, but he always gave it his all, which I think is uh, an admirable quality. Yeah, yeah, 100%. He knew his way to the try line. A very solid player. Never going to get picked in any of the rep sides and... Yeah, I'll probably remember him most recently for the the uh, look he gave uh, Patrick Herbert after Patrick Herbert blew a try in the finals last year. Um, yeah. yeah, not a nice look. So, but no, <laughs> being serious though, um, congrats on a good career, to Corey. Yeah, and I haven't seen um, if he's had any any plans on staying involved with league in any capacity in his retirement? I didn't see anything in the release saying that he was going to stay with the Titans in any way, shape or form. So I'm sure we'll hear what he wants to do with his future when he decides, um, I guess it's time to just sit back and, um, you know, let things go for a little bit before you think about your next step. Mm. And, um, this one's going to be a two-prong because I've got a bit of news later on. But Valentine Holmes has pledged his allegiance to Australia for the World Cup, but he has also said that if they don't select him, he's going to make himself available for the Cook Islands. So um, what's your thoughts on that? Do you, um, we'll go, I may as well jump straight into the next part of it as well because Mal Meninga's come out and called for an immediate review of origin eligibility, stating that he doesn't want to jeopardise... <laughs> Australia's chances of allowing by allowing New South Wales and Queensland players to play for other nations. Um, so it's kind of a, a it flows into each other. First, your thoughts on Valentine saying, I want to be a kangaroo, but if they don't want me, I'm going to jump and go back to the Cook Islands. And then Mal saying that um, he was once okay with these guys representing other countries, but now that so many of them are deciding to rather play for another nation than. Australia, he wants to change the rules again. I think, um, given that it's World Cup year, if Valentine, if Valentine Holmes didn't get selected, then playing for the Cook Islands would be good for the World Cup and good for the Cook Islands. That said, I think there's no way he won't get picked. I'm pretty certain no. he'll, he'll, he'll be picked. Uh, and on origin, well... I don't think we'll ever find the perfect formula in terms of selection um, and who should be available. Um, but it's only now that some of these Pacific Island teams are coming into prominence and, and a lot of people are pledging allegiance for their heritage countries that it's becoming a big problem. Uh, yeah, I think they had no issues with it when it was affecting the Warriors, uh, not the Warriors, the Kiwis. Yeah when all the players that were jumping to the island nations were, were Kiwi players, they were fine. But now that it's affecting the kangaroos is when they're making noise, you know, um, 
New Zealand didn't even really complain that much where just before the World Cup, they lost, you know, some of their best players in one foul swoop to go to Tonga. Um, mm. Derailed the last World Cup for the Kiwis. Can't blame it all on on the players' jumping ship. But, um, yeah, it just seems a bit funny that now it's an issue because kangaroos. And I know I've seen a lot of people say, you know, it's – you know, disrespectful to the kangaroos jumper, but they play once every couple of years now. So the incentive to play, the incentive as an Australian is to play origin because you know that's going to happen every year where, you know, the last time, I don't even remember the actual year, the last time the kangaroos played, they played Tonga, they lost at Mount Smart. It's 2019. 2019. So that was the last time they bothered to play. Um, So, yeah. But, um, yeah, Jacko's made a point here as well, saying Mal wants to grow the international game, but one condition is Australia still win, no matter what, if selection rules need to be changed. Yeah, you, it's they've painted themselves on a whole. You want to grow the game, but you're not going to grow the game unless you let those players play for the island nations. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know how to fit. You've kind of you've dug the hole already. I don't know how they're going to get out of it. Um, they've said you can play for origin and a second tier nation. So the only way they can stop that now is by saying, okay, you can't, but does that mean these guys that have played for a second tier nation can no now no longer play origin? So all those guys can't play or they say, no, you can come back. You just can't jump back again. I don't know. It's yeah, that's, that's the thing. I mean, imagine if you took all of these Pacific Island players out of origin it might dilute origin and you it's no longer a best versus the best uh but also i think australia would like to use origin as a and and the money it brings with it and match payments as a carrot to get all the these great players to play for the kangaroos for sure yeah well that's always been the model um you know you use origin that's how they used to lure the new zealand boys um, because you got paid more to play Origin than you did to play for the Kiwis. So, mm. you know, it just made more sense. And I think Simon said the uh, Prime Minister's 13 in Australia have played more internationals um, than the Kangaroos, yeah. um, which goes into our next bit, because um, we're not going to come to a conclusion here, unfortunately, with eligibility, because it's been murky for as long as I can remember. But um, we did have... The Australian uh, Prime Minister's 13 first Papua New Guinea matches over the weekend. Australia won both contests, 64 to 6 in the women's match and 64 to 14 in the men's. Um, what's your take on that? I It was pretty star-studded um, Australian teams against um, basically second-tier Papua New Guinea. No disrespect to them, but a lot of their big names that you would expect in the World Cup weren't playing. Mm. Um, a bit one-sided, but we did get to see, um, you know, some of these guys that do want to make the Kangaroos for the World Cup have a bit of a run, um, which I guess was the ideal purpose for this. But did you catch the games or have any input on it? Yeah, Uh, and the results were pretty much expected. Like you say, um, Papua New Guinea has plenty of talent as a nation, but if you start taking away the top, tier of those players um, they just simply don't have the depth to match Australia's depth so um, the next tier down in 
in um, Australia are always going to put those kind of scores on Papua New Guinea, unfortunately. But yeah, some nice performances from from some of the hopefuls in the Aussie team who who still hoping to put their hand up for World Cup selection. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, Australia is always going to be competitive, and um, hopefully. Um, we can see some more Papua New Guinea players get a bit more experience so we don't get so much one-sided affairs in this type of outfit. Um, but, yeah, I still think they're going to be dangerous at the World Cup, Papua New Guinea. Um, so we can't write them off just yet. Um, I think they could do some damage. Um, we'll go on to one of my favourite players, um, Mitch Moses. Um, he had an emotional week. Um, we'll talk about it a bit more in the actual game, but he lost his grandmother um then he facetimed uh during the birth of his first child just before making the grand final um it's kind of a fairy tale type of story uh, excluding the death of his grandmother of course but um bit of a whirlwind week and um could probably explain some of the criticisms i have about him in the game um at the start at least but um what do you think about mitch moses's um emotional week yeah that's a that's a roller coaster for any anybody to go through, um, particularly somebody that's about to play in an elimination semi final. That's that's probably enough of a roller coaster as it is. So yeah, to cope with what he had to cope with and and come out and still play a good match. Um, kudos to kudos to Mitch because yeah, that would have taken some um, that would have taken some toughness to to just get through that match uh you know I, I could only imagine what was running through his head the whole week so yeah um thoughts go out to him definitely um and then our favorite segment cam munster watch um his management have stated that the storm can expect an answer on if he'll resign with them either this week or next so um it's wednesday there's been no news um as of yet so i assume we'll we'll should hopefully have an answer by next Wednesday before we do our show. So hopefully we can end the Cam Munster discussions for the year next year. Can't wait. And we get into a bit more. Uh, Jason Tomololo has come out and said he thinks it's unfair that his upcoming suspension will see him miss matches for Tonga and thinks they should only count towards Cowboys matches. What do you think, Richie? Do you think a penalty should not affect your international status? Um, no one else has complained about taking in the World Cup, the ones Jared Warrior Hargraves and Lindsay Collins and the like. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, part of me thinks you do the crime, do the time. Um, but yeah, at the same time, yeah, it's a World Cup, which is one every few years, so I could kind of see where he's coming from too. I mean. Yeah, maybe he just wants that uh, tail and May treatment. Yeah, he's playing for the wrong club for that. Um, it's three yeah. matches, um, so he will miss um, he'll miss the pool. Yeah, um, matches, which yeah, which is unfortunate. They have said that it will count if they have any warm ups. So if they have, I don't know if Tom has got a warm up or two before the World Cup, so they could potentially do it that way. Um, yeah, it's yeah. I it depends what day it is. Um, yeah, 
with the NRL on how they approach it. Like he, he could have been told, you know, the first three weeks, first three rounds of next year is when you'll sit it. I just don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I was hoping yeah. you would have a good answer. Well, I mean, didn't, uh, didn't, um, Panthers get their players um, suspension moved for the fans. You'd think Tonga has has the best fans, wouldn't they? Yeah, um, but the NRL also don't really care about the World Cup, so I. <laughs> yeah. But they don't want to. They won't want to come out and say that outright um, and say, you know, we we care about the NRL fans, not the World Cup fans. But um, it's it's not too many. It, I think he'll still be there. It's not like Tonga are going to lose. What touch with? I don't think they'll lose and not make the the quarters. Um, so he'll still be quite an integral part of their campaign. Yeah. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but last bit before we move on to injuries, um, the NRL is continuing to tinker with the 2023 season draw, um, and it looks like there's going to be less games occurring on a Friday night. Um, as many teams don't like the 6 p.m. kickoff um, due to lower crowds, other than the Warriors, of course, who would get a Friday night game at 8 o'clock at home, which generally can fill in a, a decent crowd. This will see Sunday go to three games, um, and it also sounds like all teams will get three buys next season. Um, we're going to discuss the draw once we actually get it, um, but what do you think, Richie? Would you like to see the early Friday game gone and replace with the Sunday fixture, or do you like that? 6 p.m. slash 8 p.m. for New Zealanders kickoff on a Friday night. I do quite like having a couple of games on a Friday. Um, that's just me. Obviously, you go to Aussie and they'll have their reasons why they may not like it. Like you say, having to rush home from work uh, for a 6, 6 p.m. kickoff if if that's your team playing in that slot. But, yeah, I do. I, I like having a couple of games on a Friday and they're nice and evenly spread across the um, – you got the Thursday game and then a couple on Friday, a couple on Saturday, a couple on Sunday. Yeah, um, I'm heavily biased because I have the New Zealand time slot. So, yeah, 8 p.m. on a Friday night is perfect for me. Um, and it feels, I know, like, the Australians don't like it, but then I, I feel a bit of comeuppance for them making us wait till, like, 10 o'clock to watch finals games. <laughs> um, and 10, 11 o'clock to watch an Origin game. Um, during the week. So, yeah, I think it swings roundabouts. It's the, um, yeah, we we just don't know. It sounds like that's the way it's going to go. So, um, yeah, we'll do a, a special show, I'm sure, once the draw is actually announced. So we'll move on to injuries. Um, there was really only two, and they're both not good. So Taylor May and Tom Opacek were both still fighting to um, – get better from their hamstring injuries they were trying to prove their fitness so they could play in the grand final both have been ruled out so um big losses for them um for both sides i think opacek's been playing quite well yeah for the eels and taylor may um besides the fact that he shouldn't be playing due to suspension anyway um he's been playing really well um so big losses for for both sides there Richie. yeah i i did actually read on Facebook, so it may not be the the most trustworthy source, but I heard that NRL was considering postponing the grand final to let Taylor May recover. <laughs> to make sure he's ready and fit. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah. But yeah, it is um, it's a loss for both teams, but, um, mm. both centres, so maybe it cancels each other out. Yeah, well, Taylor May's a winger, mate, you know, but... Oh, yeah, you know, you know, outside backs. Yeah, yeah. Unless they're props, they don't matter, right? Um, props, props to the elite. Exactly. So now we'll go to, to Naughty Boy Corner. Um, despite only two games, we still had quite a few. Um, so we already talked about it, but Jason Tomalolo got a, a three-week suspension for a grade two dangerous contact. Um, the big one, though, was Tane Milne. Um, he got six matches um, for his grade two highless um, tackle, uh, high tackle. So that basically ruled him out of the World Cup. So I'm sure he's sitting there hoping that the NRL listen to Jason and say we can move it to the NRL only so he can play for Fiji. Um, did, you, at, did you think that was worth the six, seven matches? Not six. Four. Four? I'll give you four. Um, but he's got a track record. Like oh, yeah, I've got does. it in my I got in my notes for the Rabbitohs game. Um in the finals, Tane Milne had two Simbins and a red card. Um just mm. in the final series alone. So he, he definitely had um you know history against him in that one, unfortunately. But we also had Viliami Kikau got a three thousand dollar fine for a grade one shoulder charge. And a one and a half thousand dollar fine to Charlie Staines for a grade one shoulder charge as well. Um, what's your take? I heard a lot of people thinking Kikau should have missed a week, but you know, it's the Panthers we're talking about here. Yeah. So um I wasn't surprised, but do you think a fine was was enough or he should have seen some time on the pine? He was going hunting, that's for sure. He was looking to put some pain <laughs> to put some pain on. Um ah, I think a fine is is okay. I think Charlie Staines, if if you're getting, getting a shoulder charge from a bloke like Charlie Staines, I don't even think it should count. And he doesn't even have shoulders. Um, Tane Milne, yeah. Yeah, this one was funny. He definitely cocked the arm and, and gave it a good swing. So he probably gets, gets what's coming to him. I thought, yeah, like you, I thought maybe a month would be about right. But you're right, he does have... He does have priors, so it was a decent whack. It was. Um, he didn't I'll miss. give him that. I'll give him that. But um, yeah, it, it's not what you want to see. Despite my uh, my <laughs> reputation on the show, um, but sometimes it's the only way you can stop a front rower running through you. So you know, you yeah. see. But yeah, poor look for for Tane Milne, and yeah, shame that he gets the miss out on the World Cup because. I don't imagine he'll be playing by the time the next one comes around. Mm. Um, but yeah, before we go on to talking about those games, we'll go into the NRLW. Um, the Eels continued their surprising run. We talked about it last week, how they squeaked into the, the playoffs um, by points differential. Um, they managed to defeat the top of the table Roosters to enter the grand final in a shock to... Me at least, I'm not sure if you were shot. I we kind of predicted it was going to be a Roosters uh Knights final, yep. Um, but no, it is going to be a Knights Eels final. Um, yeah, what did you think of those games? It was definitely um, I thought, surprised, it was surprising. I thought they were both really good games, though, yeah, absolutely. But I was definitely surprised with the Eels knocking off the Roosters. Um, I think the Eels squeaked in fourth place. Off the back of just one win, wasn't it? Was yep. it one or two? Yeah, it was just one win, wasn't it? It was just um, the so one did, win. 
so to knock off the, the champion roosters was massive surprise and unfortunately my favorite isabel kelly she's gone um but yeah i mean massive for the eels that's two club um two teams from the club in the grand final now grand final week so that's that's yeah. great for the eels and um brad your knights kept marching on your girl Get, Millie Boyle. Yep. Millie Boyle. Um, yeah, so both games, I, I didn't say the scores. The Eels defeated the Roosters 24 to 10. And then, yeah, the Knights dominated the Dragons 30 to 6. So, um, yeah, Knights are going well. I think if we had, before the NRLW season started, if you told me it would be the Knights and Eels that were in the final, I would have told you you were joking. I still yeah. would have, I would have had the Roosters in there and either the Broncos or the Dragons, to be honest. Mm. Um, because the Broncos are the team, um, but yeah, they've kind of, they fell away in a huge, huge manner this year. But yeah, the Knights um, they showed what a couple of key recruits can really do um, with um, Millie doing really well there, Tamika Upton um, going along with her, um, and I think they have to be favourites to to win the grand final. But the Eels have just shown that it doesn't matter. The odds they can go in there and really um throw a cat amongst the pigeons if you will so um should be a great game um who do you have winning it though i think the knights i think they've been the more informed team throughout the whole season and and have the better record I, yeah i think they'll be too hard to stop i think the eels have done well the past couple of weeks but the knights should have a little bit too much yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm on the Knights train. Um, they're my they're my NRLW team. So at least I'll have one team that's doing well. <laughs> so um, yeah, looking forward to discussing that one a bit more next week after the games happen. So we might as well jump straight into reviewing um the two games we get to talk about this week, which means I get to pass the floor to you. Um, starting with the Cowboys Eels game. Yep, Cowboys Eels. The Eels qualifying for the grand final by getting up 24 to 20 over the Cowboys in Townsville, which, which was massive, massive deal. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, four tries to three for the Eels. Will Penasini, Regan Campbell-Gillard with a double. Brad's going to love the uh, front row getting a double there. Uh, and Mike Acevo. For the Cowboys was... Three tries, Ruben Cotter, Luciano Lelua, and Murray Taolangi. Yeah, highly competitive game, Brad. 12-all, half-time. Um, 
like like we already touched on earlier, the Cowboys had a nice, I think it was eight point lead with about twenty to go, but the Eels, um, as they've done from time to time this season, show what they're made of and and weren't to be denied. So Parramatta fans, Eels will be um, be very excited. This might be this might be the year. Might be. Um, we've said it a lot this year that this was the Eels' last chance of winning a premiership before some of their key players go. And the fact that they actually got to the grand final, I honestly didn't think they would. Um, I've been very critical of them all year. Um, they would come out, like I've said a lot, they would come out and make it look easy beating the Panthers and the Storm, and then they'll go out and lose to the Tigers. Um, you just could never really pick. Um, but I thought it was a great contest to start the mm. weekend. The Eels did have a few lucky calls go their way, you know, that yep. forward pass. Um, they also, you know, Jason Tomalolu got Simbind, which um, allowed um, Regan to get his first try. Mm. Um, but, yeah, the Eels forwards were impressive once again. I, I think I raved about it a bit last week. Um, but, yeah, Regan Gamble-Gillard, he got his double. Um, but alongside him, yeah, Sean Lane had oh, another massive night. I think he's definitely putting his hand up to at least be in the conversation for the Kangaroos for the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially with every second Australian defecting at the moment, he's definitely got to be in the conversation. Um, but yeah, their their forwards, just like I said last week, they did a lot of heavy lifting in the start, which helped the backs out immensely. Mitch Moses, he did have a few wayward kicks in the first half. Um, hearing the stories about um, about him, you know, everything he'd been going through this week, I can kind of understand it a bit more now. Mm. But behind that pack, he got himself into the groove eventually and started showing that he steered the team around really well. And I think I have to stop calling him a flat track bully, Richie. I um, think he's really showing the, you know, the actual um, potential he has. Um, but yeah, they showed great things on attack. And um, But I think the key thing here is their defense. Um their defense got them to this grand final. Towards the end of the match, the Cowboys were surging and it looked like it was only a matter of time before they would just get to try and win the game. But the Eels just refused to let them through that line um, and didn't give up, which, you know, full credit has to go to them. A great result. Um, it does make a great story that the only team to beat the Panthers twice this year now gets to potentially spoil the Panthers' chances of going back-to-back. Mm. Um but yeah, the Cowboys. Um, I, to be honest, I know it's very disappointing um, how they went out, but I can't really fault them too much on their effort. If you looked at all the stats, they were basically the better side every um, every stat. Yeah, um, they ran hard, they defended reasonably well, and they took a lot of their opportunities. They just couldn't get through the Eels' defense in the final twenty, and that was the difference. Um, Disappointing for the Cowboys and their fans alike, but what a season for one of the Wooden Spoon favourites. Um, and, yeah, I expect to see them in the title hunt again next year. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely do. I think as much as that will hurt them, they have the foundations for a good couple of years, I believe. Some real young guns in their forward pack, um, some really good backs, obviously, rep, rep players, Valentine Holmes, uh, Tommy Dearden's gone to another level. So, um, yeah. although the, this is another game to add to the Cowboys' um, 
conspiracy theorist fans <laughs> of them being knocked out in funny ways in finals, but yeah. Yeah, and like Jacko said as well, um, Cowboys at home with a week's rest looked good as the Eels were awful for the first 40, but faded. So yeah, it was that. It was really close. Both games were close. It was both 12 all at half time. Um, and yeah, the um, the teams that made the grand final were just better in the second half in both um, games. Um, it's very simple, but that's how it was. Um, and Jacko also said, that um, the Cows and the Sharks both overachieved on back of favourable draws, which I think was um, a thing. The draws were very, very favourable um, is probably is the best way to describe it, as Jacko did, for both of those sides. And, um, yeah, they didn't go all the distance. And um, Mike Harrison said Para versus Penrith battle of the Bogans. Absolutely. So, exactly. Um, but, yeah, though it was a great game. Yep. And... The Saturday game was the Panthers getting up over the Rabbitohs 32 to 12. It was five tries to two, five tries for the Panthers. Api Kodasau, Brian Toor, Spencer Lenu, Isaac Tungor, and Nathan Cleary. Two for the Rabbitohs, Cody Walker and Richie Kenner, who was standing in for Alex Johnston. Uh, yeah, again, I thought the Rabbitohs started really well, Brad. They were, they were up two tries and looking really good, looking like they were going to take a 12-0 lead to the break. Um, I think the fact that they let Api Korosau and Brian Toro score two, you know, they Panthers scored two tries in the last 10 minutes before halftime, last five minutes before halftime. Um, I think that really changed the momentum heading into halftime and the Panthers came out and just came home with a wet sail. Yeah, well, we were talking, uh, you, I, Andrew and Hammer were all chatting during this game on Facebook. And um, I must say, you know, after those first two tries for the Rabbitohs, I had my chest out. I was very proud that I had, I was going to go two from two in my picks, um, picking the Eels and the Rabbits. And I was like, yep, the Rabbits got this. Um, and, yeah, they just fell apart after um, – I think I've got it here. The um, Rabbitoh started well and looked set for an upset, but the Panthers didn't lose their cool and cruised home. Um, Nathan Cleary was kicking well. He was forcing Latrell Mitchell to do a lot of work running the ball back, mm. which we all know Latrell isn't a fan of doing. Um, and it, it had that flow-on effect where it kind of dulled Latrell's impact into the Rabbitoh sets later on. Um, and, yeah, the Panthers... The change, really, they looked horrible until Apikarasau came on. So mm. um, Ivan, for some reason, decided that Uppy would be better off the bench. Um, it did work in this fact. I think there was a stat saying that the, when Appy came on to when he went off, the Panthers were leading 26-0 in that segment when he was on. But once he came on, everything clicked. Um, he, you know, he bamboozled them to get his first try and then you know, they got um, Brian Toho's solo try. The only thing I was offended by was um, Michael Innes calling Brian Toho Jonah Lomu like. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was the only, it was a great try. But yeah, he, um, man, Jonah Lomu's thigh, maybe, you know, he's. <laughs> um, but yeah, solid try for them. And yeah, after that try at halftime, um, the game was over in my eyes. I thought the Rabbitohs have lost this now. They they had all the all the chance in the world in the start and lost it all by letting the Panthers sneak in. 
Um, they also had two tries disallowed, um, the old Panthers, so they could have been going in even higher. Um, Spencer Lenu, we talked about him earlier. Um, he had a huge night scoring try and causing havoc in the middle. Had a bit of a haircut from Tane Milne. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just a great overall performance from Penrith, um, which is what we expect, to be honest. Um, and they're in the driver's seat to get the job done in the grand, grand final. You know, it, it's theirs to win or lose, to be uh, brutally honest. Rabbitohs were my pick. Um, I had jumped on the their bandwagon um, as it was falling off the side of the cliff. I quickly jumped off and jumped onto the Eels one, so I'm still okay. Um, but, yeah, they just didn't deliver. I think uh, Jacko's put it here, um, here that they had no backbone yeah. um, when he applied. I think the biggest thing was um, the Panthers, they do it to me, and I know they do it to other teams, but they really – know how to get under your skin and they just got under Cody Walker's skin and you could see he was getting angry and frustrated and when Cody is playing um and seeing the red mist the rabbitos are done for and mm. that's basically what we saw here he was you know getting getting in people's faces and losing his cool and the pan uh, the rabbitos just looked a mess um Tony Milne we talked about it he was sent off for that silly shot um, needs to learn self-control and uh, a horrible way horrible way for South to exit the finals. But at least for them, it's clear on what they need to work on in the off-season so they can come back into 2023 stronger. Um, they need better hands and cooler heads. That basically is the two things they need. Um, but yeah, I, I've rambled. What, what was your take on all of it? Oh, when Brad says you've got to learn a bit of self-control that's when you know your disciplinary compass is way off yeah um yeah uh yeah spencer lenny didn't look too happy with that haircut from no from Tane Mill, did he you, no. you back you back him in a, in a fight against Tane Mill? yeah i definitely wouldn't he wouldn't be one of the ones i would call out like he's our a, question last week he's a scary looking man yeah um yeah we said it all really um the rabbitos good start Panthers, you need more than a good start, though. You need to play 80. And um, like Jacko's pointed out, the moment the Panthers scored a couple, um, it looked like the writing was on the wall from there on out. So, yeah, yeah, good effort from the Rabbitohs, I think, to get to where they got, um, given they lose Adam Reynolds, they lose Wayne Bennett, they lose... Um, Gagai. Gagai. Um, so, I think... They've done pretty well to get to where they've got with a with a rookie half, and and I think they've you know they've still got a bit left in them. So yeah, um, but the Panthers roll on. Battle of the West is set up. Definitely. So that was the the preliminary finals. We may as well talk about the tips. I'll see if I've got the setup. Paul was meant to join us, but he hasn't yet. So I will see if this works. Aha. So uh, Richie, as we already mentioned, he once again got two out of two. So he is leading the competition and effect he's taken it out. There's no way any of us can win. Um, yeah, he's you. got a total of six of eight. So congrats on being the the finals tipping champ. I got a 50-50, which seems to be my, my thing in the finals. Um, so I got one out of two getting second out of three out of eight. And Simon, unfortunately, got zero out of two. And is at the bottom two out of eight. But 
depending on who we picks this week, um, we could end up tied at the bottom. So it will be interesting to see what happens there. But um, yeah, well done again, Richie. Thank you. Um, and we didn't really have any questions from anyone because we've been just chatting all the way through. Because that's what happens when Paul isn't here, you see. We we just go on and on. So um, I'll go with my question for you first because I, I think that one's more of a doozy. Um, the Eels have a chance of ending their 32-year premiership drought this week. There are three teams, however, that are yet to win a premiership, which are the Warriors, the Titans, and the Dolphins. But I'm fair on the Dolphins because they haven't started yet, but I'm throwing them in the mix. Who do you think will win their first uh, their first title? First out of those three, Warriors, Titans, Dolphins. What if I don't think any of those teams will ever win a premiership? <laughs> Warriors. Let me show my bias. I think right. we've made a grand final twice. Third time's the charm. We just got to get there. Are you writing this down? No, no, no. I'm writing Simon's pick down. So he said his oh, pick okay. for the grand finals, Penrith. He can't support a bludger team like Parramatta. Oh, I, just wanted it, I just wanted it on record for when the Warriors win the premiership next year. Yeah, you know you know, these all get uploaded to YouTube, Richie. So um, yeah. it is here oh. for forever. What episode is this? 31? This is 31, yeah. yes. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll go back to this one for reference. All right. I'm just going to – I would love it to be the Warriors. I'm going to say the Dolphins. I'm going to throw a spanner in the work. The Dolphins will win it first. You know, they're about to have Cameron Munster in their team, you know. Um, the Storm couldn't win the Premiership with Munster in their team this year. That's true. But he um, – it's going to be Cameron Munster and Cody Nicarima. Um, the dream this thing. is this is going to be a storm um storm like exile team anyway isn't it it is if Munster, if Munster goes there they'll have the Bromwich brothers and um and what's his name second rower yeah I forgot his name but he's the he's Queensland the Queensland yeah Kifusi. yeah um no yeah I I would like it's hard to pick I I don't know but I feel like the Dolphins, you know, they've got a good coach. They, they're going to, depending on who they get, they could be a shot. It's stranger things that happen. We've seen teams, other teams like the Storm, kind of come in and hit the ground running. So you never know. And I just didn't want to look like a, a tragic Warriors fan like you, Richie, and just pick the, the easy option. Okay. Um, <laughs> so your question for me. I was just being honest. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. It's fair. Yeah. My question for you, um, grand final week themed, who do you see having the most impact on this weekend's grand final and taking out the Clive Churchill medal for 2022? Oh, I like it. I was going to say there's an easy answer to that, and that's probably Cleary, but yeah. Mitch Moses, um, I, I like Mitch it. Mitch Moses, I'm... You know, you know me. I'm as fickle as they come. You know, I've been ragging on Mitch Moses all year, and now I'm um, his biggest fan. He's redeemed um, himself. No, I I wanted to try to pick someone that wasn't as easy. You know, just say like you said, like Nathan Cleary. You know, you could yeah. kind of basically odds are you give him the medal now. Mm. But yeah, I wanted to be a bit more creative, and I think Mitchell Moses. Um, I think if the Eels can get the win here, Mitchell Moses and Dylan Brown yep. will be a, a big factor in it. So you could 
pretty much say either of them, but I'd say Mitch Moses does a lot more of the directing. So in that circumstance, that's why the medal would go his way. So I would go with him. Um, and yeah, Simon also said he, he thinks um, the Titans, if the Warriors had a functional ownership, he could see them winning. He's put wedding, but he said winning um, after the Titans. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people thought the Titans. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And um, that was it, really. Uh, we got one, uh, Mike. If you could pick one Panther and one Eel for the Warriors in 2023, <laughs> who would you go for? Mm. Um, okay. So do you want to take this one first, or do you want me? Hey, Cleary and Dill Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Just go, go for the new house pairing. New house pairing. I would go with James Fisher-Harris. Of course um, you pick a prop. Yeah, and Eels, I was trying to think of another. We don't need another prop from the Eels. Um, I would go I would go with Dylan Brown. Um, yeah. We already had a couple of those Eels. Imagine imagine we kept Papali'i and, and we let Sean Lane develop here instead of only giving him a couple games. Well, Sean Lane didn't want to be here. I know, um, but we could we could have. No, yeah, he didn't. He didn't want to be he here. He had you no interest in being a warrior. He even said that. I think it was a, a podcast I listened to him with Dean and Kemp that um, he was basically given to us because the Bulldogs wanted Raymond Mariner. And they're like, just take him. And his manager said, basically, if you don't take this offer, you're not going to have a job because um, the Bulldogs will just release you anyway. Mm. And... Um, so just take it and then, you know, do that year and I'll get you somewhere else. So that's, he was basically, I got to just go here. And they basically had Manly lined up pretty quick after he got here. So um, mm. he was never interested in being here. So that one, I'm not going to let you have. Well, Den and Kemp's the same. He didn't like the cold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. And um, Mike agrees with me about James Fisher Harris. Um, but he's also asked, what is our three best rugby league podcasts? Oh. Uh, Guru podcast, rugby yep. league guru. Um, yep. And Bloke in a Bar, I quite like. Um, and the standoff. <laughs> <laughs> but if I can't put, no, I'm joking. Um, I'm going to put my Warriors hat on and say Ruin Hammer. I, I like I like all the, the past past legend interviews we get out of the boys from ruin hammer yeah so my um yeah bloke in a bar rugby league guru yeah ruin hammer or warriors anonymous for me i put them kind of together i also like oh, there's so many because i like um this warrior's life as well yeah. um but i i'm not putting this warrior's life on the list because they're the only warriors podcast they haven't invited me on so um, I will be fickle and say no <laughs> uh, until until they uh, they do that. Mm -mm. Fonzie was good too, but he's merged with this warrior's life. So mm. yeah, um, calling them out here because I know they they listen. So um, yeah, put me on the show at some point, please. No, I like it. <laughs> and um, yeah, and Michael said, "Mad Monday." There's so many good ones out there. Um, yeah, I, I try to listen to them all. A lot of them I wait till after our show um uh, 
Andy, Andy Raymond. Raymond. I love Andy yeah. Raymond. That's a good shout, Mike. Um, I do a lot of long driving in my job, so I'm a I'm a podcast. Uh, I won't say the word, but yeah, I listen to a lot yeah. of podcasts, rugby league ones in particular. I love Andy Raymond actually. Yeah, so I listen to a lot of them too. But yeah, I try to listen to them either well before our show or after, so I don't just steal what they're saying and talk about it here. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're always good um, to listen to, and um, especially the Warriors ones. I like to get another opinion on what the games happen. Some people are a bit more technical than I am. Some are less, and you just get different thoughts, um, which helps with me when I'm writing as well, um, just to see it from another perspective. So it's always good. Um, but yeah, cheers for the questions. Jacko also said Dylan Brown goes missing too much. I think... Um, well, I think this year he's been pretty good. I eh? think he's I think he's improved this year. He definitely always had that issue. Um, but we kind of did see it when Mitch Moses went off, um, you know, a few weeks ago. He kind of went back um, into his shell. So um, that's still always there. Um, I think if he's got a, a strong leading half with him, he, he definitely plays better. So yeah. that could be an issue if he came to the Warriors. Um, because uh, strong leading halves isn't really something we have. So um, Wouldn't be an yeah. issue if he came with Cleary, like I said. That's true. There you go. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Simon also said um, he likes the Glorious League Freak and Andrew from the Rugby League Project as they have interesting takes. Um, so, yeah, there's always so much out there. It's the the perks of this glorious sport. Is there's so many people that love talking about it. Mm. But um, cheers for the questions, everyone. We may as well jump into um, the little game that's happening this week. Um, we'll bring up the little picture. They've got um, some beautiful men that they picked this week. Um, King Gutho. King Gutho and, and Isaiah Yo. But, um, yeah, Sunday. See 7.30 there, but that's Australian time um, because they don't like putting our New Zealand time on there. Um, and uh, Jacko's just mentioned in the chat, I haven't brought it up, but um, Warriors offered Brown huge money a couple of years ago and he declined. It's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know there's room. They'll probably always be talking about trying to bring him back here. I don't see it happening. I think he, he'll he be an eel for a very long time. I don't think they'll let him go. But, um, yeah, grand final. So um, who do you have? I've gone with the Eels, and as Simon had already said, he's gone with the Panthers. I've gone with the Panthers. Cowards, and it's like, I, it's like I was saying to you before going on, I, I don't know how I feel about it because I really want the Eels to win, but at the same time I like these teams that have a longer premiership drought than us Warriors. So Yeah. So I, I'd I, love to see the Panthers knocked off. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the Panthers. I see Paul's finally decided to show. About time, Paul, almost at the end of it. But, you know, you know, so, so, better so late than never. But, um, yeah, I've gone, as as we've seen with how bad my picking's been going in the off-season compared to the regular season. Regular season, I picked with my head, and off-finals, I've been picking with my heart. So, <laughs> I think... Um, it's yeah, and Jacko's basically said, and I said it earlier. Um, the grand final was the Panthers to lose, they have to have a bad game. The Eels are bouncer for the Eels to win, which is effectively what I said in the Rabbitohs as well. The Rabbitohs had to play the game of their life and hope the Panthers had an off night. And I, yeah, it's the same here. Um, 
the Eels have shown they can beat the Panthers, but this is a big stage, a big stage that the Panthers are quite comfortable in, having been in the last two grand finals. Mm. So it's 100% theirs to lose. And um, another question before we move on. Um, so I will... How do I take the picture off again? There we go. I got it. I got it. I'm learning. Um, Jacko said, one question is, um, Kerwin Wright saying RTS is looking at jumping back into league. So um, there's been a lot of talk about it. Um, I was going to put it in the news, but I just decided I didn't want to. Um, it's still it's still hurtful. Um, but yeah, there's lots of talk, Richie, about Roger Tovasashek um, potentially leaving and that there's a contract on the table for potentially the roosters um for him to leave so what what's your take on it um i personally think he's going to stay out i've always said that he'll be back in the nrl after the world cup um but what's your take yeah that's my thinking too i don't i don't think we'll see him coming back anytime before next year i think he's going to stick around and try and put his best foot forward to make his way to France next year for the for the Rugby World Cup. Um, and then it depends, I guess, what his aspirations are after that. Um, wouldn't mind seeing him come back to the Warriors, wouldn't lie. Um, how old is he now? Uh, he is 29. 29. So after next year's World Cup, he's probably see, 30. Yeah. I don't know, mate. Maybe it's a bit too starting to get a bit late after that. Yeah, and I was trying to find it because I don't understand why he'd go to the Roosters because they have James Tedesco. So are you saying that Roger's going to go back there and play, play, on, the wing. play on the wing? I don't see it. Um, and I thought there was a clause that he had to come back to the Warriors, but I've seen some reports out there that Cameron George said um, – that they didn't put a clause like that in there when they released him, which again is another tick in the fantastic management the Warriors have been, mm. um, that they wouldn't put a clause like that in there. Um, but I can't find the actual article because it happened so long ago. Yeah. And um, yeah, Jacko said RTS could make a lot of more money playing yes. in Union in Japan or Europe. Yeah, um, but the thing, I know that he was talking a lot about the whole reason he was coming was to come back to New Zealand because um, he was kind of over living in Australia away from his family. But I guess in these other situations, even going back to the NRL, you could take the family back with you now. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I really don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him back in the NRL after the World Cup. But all the talks about him leaving early, I don't see happening. Um, yeah, I don't know. But that's more a Richie and Paul question because they, they watch Union more than I do. Um, I, I did watch the the 26 seconds he got to play for the All Blacks in the weekend. Um, you know, so it was good. Uh, I think he saw the ball a couple of times. He didn't get to touch it, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, we'll may as well go into the Super League before we sign off. Um, Saint Helen sent Christian Wolf out on a high note. Obviously, he's coming to the Dolphins in a coaching capacity, but they won their record fourth consecutive grand final. Um, they defeated Leeds 24-12. I got to see bits of the game. I didn't get to see all of it. Um, I did promise that I'd watch all of it, but um, Daylight Savings threw me in a loop. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it looked very good. Um, good to see Conrad Harrell, um, one of my 
fan favorites from his days in the Warriors. Had a nice yeah. big game for them there. Um, and yeah, we kind of predicted St. Helens would win this one. Um, I would have liked Wigan to be there instead of Leeds. But um, yeah, another strong um, performance from St. Helens. It'll be interesting to see how they go next year without Christian Wolf there. Um, I don't know the comings and goings. I think they're keeping a lot of the same roster anyway. So odds are they should still be in, in the running. But um, did you see any of the game, Richie? Yeah, I did. Um, like you say, it was without Wigan there. I kind of didn't really have a lot of emotional connection to it, but we expected St. Helens to do this. And although it's becoming a bit tiresome, <laughs> you have to respect it. It's pretty, yeah. it's a pretty massive effort to go for on the trot. So um, props to them. Great for great way to see Christian Wolf off and yeah, Connie Harold, one of my one of my old school f- uh, favorites as well, Brad. So nice to see him pick one up. Definitely. Uh, and yeah, so um, before we go, um, I know Paul doesn't like hearing this, but we'll be joining Ruin Hammer tomorrow night um, to review the preliminary finals, preview the grand final, and also they've asked us to compile some lists of teams. So we'll be discussing <laughs> um, discussing our Warriors Greatest 17, our Warriors Favourite Players 17, our Warriors All Aussie 17, uh, 2022 NRL Team of the Year, and I believe the Rookies of the Year as well. So um, come join us over on their page tomorrow. Um, I can't recall the time. I think it's 9 o'clock New Zealand time, Richie. Have we confirmed it? I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I would I say so. Last time we joined them, it was. Yeah. So I assume it's that time. I know they've put it on Facebook and stuff already. So, um, yeah, if you're interested in hearing us talk about that. Amateur hour. Me organising it, there's amateur hour stuff. (laughs) They've got it sorted, I think. It's just us not paying attention. We're Uh, the amateurs. Yeah. So it shows us up there. Um, And, yeah, Simon's put in there um, Lee York in the semifinals. Um. By, they won 70 points to 10. Um, Lee, main rival, got knocked out of the semifinals, 9 out of 10, likely to guarantee to win the final. Um, and, yeah, Jacko said, so you're on, but you don't know when. Oh, I'm always ready to go, Jacko. Um, I'm just used to I, – I assume it's 9. It's, as I said, um, daylight savings is throwing me in the loop. I don't know. Paul holding his hand and looking after him. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's saying 7 p.m. AEST, 9 p.m. New Zealand. So I was right. I was just not 100% confident. So, yeah, 9 p.m. New Zealand time tomorrow. Um, but anything else you want to add, Richie or Paul? Yeah, some breaking news. Looks like um, looks like Ben Hunt's rejected um, St. George Illawarra deal. Some of you might be interested in that. Brad in particular. <laughs> Yeah, um, I did see that, actually. That popped up in my little feed. Um, So, yeah, he's rejected their offer. Um, Do you think he's going to end up going elsewhere? Hey, maybe he he did meet with Phil Gould, and maybe it was about – maybe that's what it was about. Potentially. So um, we will will watch that next week. And Jacko also said we're getting as bad as the 360 show. Oh, we're we're Um, worse than that. Yeah, they they at least get paid, you know. Um, (laughs) But yeah, and Simon said um, IRD recommended rejecting the deal. Um, 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, that gives us another thing to talk about next week, Richie, um, yep. with only one game to review. So um, we will get more knowledge on the Ben Hunt situation and talk about it next week. But until then, uh, thank you all for joining us on the standoff with Brad and Richie. Uh, for your weekly update on Rugby League, tune into our show next week at 8 p.m. here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search New Zealand Sport Radio. Um, thank you for joining me again, Richie. Cheers for finally turning up, Paul. And good night, everyone. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.